Hello, Stephen. Hello, Erica. Hi. Hi. <laughs> this is unusual. This is, I look at the clock, it's 11.30. Usually it's 11.30 at night when we record a Lazy Doctor Who. But before we went out today to go walk around this fine city of ours in the sun, you decided, hey, let's watch an episode of Doctor Who and record a Lazy Doctor Who. Yeah, it just felt like a thing to do. I was I was listening to the fine podcast, Doctor Who the Writer's Room, this morning, and they were talking about uh, Doctor Who from the Troughton era, and I was thinking, gosh, wouldn't it be nice to be able to watch those episodes? I, I want to get there. So I thought, hey, let's let's watch one of, one of our William Hartnell ones and keep trucking along. See, I purposely, because for research for Radio Free Scarrow, because uh, we're doing a miniscope later on this month on director Morris Barry, who directed three Patrick Trouton stories. But I didn't want to tempt and tease you. <laughs> so I did all my homework watching when you were not around. That's true, which is fine. I've I've seen one of those stories already. Mm-hmm. But we watched The Myth Makers, Temple of Secrets mm-hmm. today, episode one of The Myth Makers. Now, the last episode of this very podcast, you expressed some reservations about the myth makers heading into this why was that again because it's been talked up a lot and that always worries me and i know that well sorry spoilers people but that vicky leaves at the end of it and i'm not looking forward to that oh i wasn't sure if he knew that or not. Mm-hmm. i've been keeping quiet about it <laughs> yeah. uh do you know anything about like um the siege of troy and greek myth and all that sort of thing oh yeah i was always a big fan of greek Ah, mythology in school that was one of my favorite my favorite units to do in in english class yes we studied greek literature and (laughs) greek stuff in english class always seemed kind of weird to me but yeah i I always like that i have read plenty of fantasy and science fiction and alternate history type books that deal with all of these characters and and uh and yeah, so I'm 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 kind of a sucker for any ad- adaptation of them, sort of like I am for fairy tales. I will watch any sort of updated version of a fairy tale or the originals. This is you know a science fictiony version of the events that happened at Troy, and yeah, so I'm partially that makes me more excited about it, and partially it makes me less excited about it because you know I have my ideas of the way things went down, and if the characters don't quite match the characters in my mind, then it will be you know slightly annoying but i've i've seen and heard and watched so many different versions of it that i'm this is one of those things that i'm kind of okay with any interpretation as long as it's done well i like lord of the rings do not get me started on vigo mortensen again today (laughs) for the second time i already mentioned it once Mm -hmm. i saw the movie troy way back when with brad pitt and i think anthony hopkins and Orlando bloom i think he's in that too i literally don't remember much Mm -hmm. about that movie I never saw it because I was not remotely interested. Oh. Well, that's 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 literally the apart from this episode, which I have to confess, I was you know reading the script as we do. Mm-hmm. I was like flipping pack up. So who's, who's the Greeks again? Oh. Okay, because I wasn't quite sure. <laughs> oh wow! So we're coming at this from very different, very different places. Yeah, for some reason, Greek mythology was something that we studied in my school over and over again. So I think we, we studied it a bit when I was in elementary school, kind of a really basic version. I know we went pretty deeply into it in like ninth grade English class and read, uh, I cannot remember the name. It's just called Mythology, but and I'm blanking on the name of the woman who wrote it, but it was a book that was in many, many, many high schools mm-hmm. at the time. And I actually liked it. We, we didn't have to read the entire book for class. We only had to read parts, but I read the whole thing because it was so fascinating. Well... Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I, I mean, I've heard of Achilles. Mm-hmm. 
because uh, he has a heel and uh, Achilles' Last Stand, an excellent Led Zeppelin song. <laughs> um, Hector, I didn't really know about. Odysseus. Mm-hmm. Um, who am I getting him? I'm probably thinking of him in the Odyssey, Homer's Odyssey, which I also don't know much about. Yeah, that's that's actually the story of what happens to him after all of this is done. Really? His, yeah, the Odyssey is... Uh, the reason, The reason the word Odyssey means, you know, like a long long journey a long thing like that is be- that comes from the name Odysseus because his journey home took him forever it was not a smooth thing he didn't get directly there a lot of crap happened to him on the way home so that's why my when <laughs> yeah my phone's making noise that's why when you say an odyssey it's it comes directly from the name Odysseus goodness me and Agamemnon apart from being the uh, name of a ship in Babylon 5 <laughs> that's right it is uh yeah he's he's the leader the leader of the Greeks mm-hmm He's a guy. Yeah. He's got a brother who was engaged, married, married to Helen of Troy. Well, yes. Menelaus was married to Helen. And depending on which version you read, Helen was a lovely, devoted wife who was kidnapped by Paris and taken away to Troy. Or this particular version makes it very clear that Helen was a little bit of a harlot and... Um, this this wasn't the first time that she cheated on him and she had just left him. Other versions have her actually falling in love with Paris and running away. So let's also find out which version we uh, stick to when it when we see episodes two through four. Yeah, I'm, I'm very interested about that. Um, I actually have not read the Iliad in its entirety. That was that was one of the other times that we studied or actually twice. I think there were two different grades. I had to study the Iliad in for English class and I I just couldn't get past the I don't know the archaic style of of the text so I never read anymore and the only reason that I've read the Odyssey is because uh, Eric Stadnick from the aforementioned Doctor Who the Writer's Room podcast did a year-long read-through of the Odyssey doing blog posts of it uh, a couple of years back and it's really really good it made it much more interesting for me to know that I was kind of reading along with someone so if you are curious about the Odyssey or if you like it and you want to read it again I highly recommend going through and as you read check out Eric's blog post because they are well they're the kind of you know smart and clever things that you would expect to come from from a guy like Eric yeah Eric who is one of the proponents of this story it's one of his favorite stories is it okay? That that actually gives me a lot of hope for the rest of this. I oh, mean, I've really? enjoyed I've enjoyed the first episode, but knowing knowing that Eric is a big fan of it makes me um, have a much sort of sunnier disposition disposition toward uh, going into the rest of it. Oh, see, so I thought perhaps his praising of it um, is one of the people who sung it up uh, quite highly, and thus you were, but you didn't even know they liked it. Well, you know, he probably was one of the people who has talked it up. Um, because I've heard it from more than one person. I have a tendency to just sort of remember the stuff that I've heard and forget who I heard it from. Mm-hmm. I remember for sure that Deb from Verity, she loves this story. So, she, But she's the only person who I can like picture her face and the words coming out of her mouth. Whereas I know there are other people who have said good things about it, probably Eric being one of them, mm-hmm. and it's just sort of all mushed together into a mass. But I've heard Deb say it enough times that the repetition has made it stick. Well, um, so what, what did you think about the first episode then? I actually, for the most part, I found it really interesting. I loved the the whole beginning part. Well, you know, sword fighting, blah blah blah. That was that was kind of boring. But as soon as the TARDIS shows up and they're they're watching Hector and Achilles fight, that's interesting. I love the way the Doctor is immediately heralded as Zeus because why not? And the back and forth uh, that happens, and then 
Um, I, I love that that the way that he gets the way that Achilles kills Hector is not just because they were battling for hours and his strength won. It's because the doctor appeared and distracted him. Mm-hmm. That's a nice little twist on the story. I enjoyed that. Um, and I also liked um, Odysseus showing up and being kind of a pompous jerk, which honestly seems to fit with uh, with the way I think about Odysseus and um, not quite believing. So, I mean, it's just, it's a very interesting story from kind of a social standpoint to see who believes, who doesn't, and how that all works. The only part that I found a little boring was the Steven sneaking into camp, uh, especially since we don't have the moving pictures. It's just a recon. So uh, we, you know, see text on the screen being like, Steven is, is hiding from Greek soldiers, and he pops up to try to leave, and then there are Greek soldiers, so he ducks down again. And then he thinks they're gone, and he pops up and tries to leave again. But no, there's more soldiers, so he ducks down. So that was a little bit uh, boring. But we did have moving pictures for a tiny bit of that and a little bit of the uh, interaction between him and Vicky in the TARDIS. Why is that? Because a fan back in 1965 uh, decided to take some 8mm silent home movies, pointed at the screen. That's why some of those images are actually moving. And that's the only footage that exists. The only visual. <clears throat> little thing about John Wiles. This is the beginning of the John Wiles Donald Tosh era. Six mm-hmm. glorious months in the history of Doctor Who that changed <laughs> it forever. Uh, one of the things that he did, uh, because, you know, we've been lucky enough to have telesnaps, like actual screen grabs from back in the day to rely on as visual uh, indicators. But the BBC used to pay to have those done. John Wiles thought, we don't need these. And so he didn't bother with any of this. So there's no telesnaps, official telesnaps at all for any of pretty much most of season three up until the end of the arc when, when John Wiles uh, leaves. Um, so the the recon that uh, Loose Cannon put together is basically a whole bunch of, comprised of a whole bunch of, um, what's the word I'm looking for? combo constructed images anyway basically with the actors who did play like tracking them down in in hopefully around the same period as the story was made (laughs) and photos and putting like helmets on them and stuff so it was a it was a you know it was disconcerting is what it was. The pictures, like you, you could tell that they were sort of photoshopped and then composited. Is that what you were looking yeah, for? Composited. There yeah, composited. Um, yeah, so there you've got like, you know, like a guy in a in a suit of, well, not armor, but hel- with helmets and cloaks and stuff. And then there's this face sticking out of the helmet that yeah. almost looks right, but not quite. It's, it's just, it's almost uncanny valley a little bit. Yeah, I had uh, I had um, thrown around the idea in my own head before I realized how much work it would take of doing um, Lego recons, like not not stop motion, but actually, you know, mm-hmm. <laughs> build little Lego sets. And I think I do have like one, like, uh, like Lego telesnaps, like Lego telesnaps. Yeah, but that would take a lot of work, so mm-hmm. I've never actually done it. Did, did you notice one thing about the uh, the home movie footage? And you might notice this over the next few stories when we see some more home movie footage. A lot of it has Steven in it. I wonder if the person is says, "Ooh, Peter Furvis, he's dreamy," <laughs> and because there's a lot of that. I did notice that it was only the Steven scenes, and you know what? I can't argue. He is dreamy. He's dreamy. Yeah. Well, we have such a person to thank in the Tenth Planet for taking as many clips of because I think the, whoever did it uh, for the William Hartnell's last episode knew that um, it was going to be an important event. So and that's mm-hmm. the only surviving footage. So yay to those people who decided to film the screen way back when, because mm-hmm. now we have things to look at. Yeah, whatever whatever the reasoning was, I am glad that it happened, because that was that was just kind of nice to have that little little dip in to, to moving pictures for a while. 
um, which was cool. But yes, I also I, I liked the bit at the end um, where the doctor is is in the tent with with Agamemnon and Odysseus is outside uh, eavesdropping and Stephen comes up and the doctor's actually he's he's a clever cat. He really is. His, his thought about sacrificing Stephen and claiming Stephen to, to sacrifice uh, at his temple like that's that's a really smart move but holy cow the TARDIS is gone that was I did not see that coming I will admit that that was a shocker for me yeah and I've only seen this story like three or four times I don't remember how it goes so this is <laughs> this is exciting for me too mm-hmm. wow yay yeah I mean my my first thought was oh maybe the the Trojans carried it off and you know that's that's probably my guess that that, that is what will have happened but it doesn't make it look that way based on the recon that we're watching because in the recon it has a Trojan soldier sneak up to the TARDIS and place a plaque up against it with a little horsey on it. And then when we cut back to where the TARDIS was, the little plaque, the round plate thing with a horsey on it is still sitting there. So if it was Trojan soldiers that took the TARDIS, why wouldn't they take their little horsey plaque? I don't know. We'll find out, I suppose, in episode two. Small profit quick return i would like to point out for those who are not familiar with this and you know since this is an audio podcast that's small prophet p-r-o-p-h-e-t as in like you know biblical type or you know religious prophet wow this is is this the punniest uh doctor who episode title ever it could have been more donald cotton who wrote this uh i'll have to look up what the other three were all four episodes had puns as episode titles uh but they he was told to change all of them he fought hard for small profit quick return though <laughs> good for you Donald Cotton because I I appreciate a good pun I am very pleased very pleased with this I kind of wish the other one, we'll, we'll have to look up and find out what the other ones were supposed to be because now I'm very curious we will for the next episode mm-hmm. where we talk about small profit quick return yep sounds good all right bye-bye bye-bye <laughs>